Welcome to Kick Back with Chris. Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.mintmaster.com. Hey everybody, so it's Tuesday. It's time to talk some that word and <laughs> yeah, have our regular have our regular Tuesday evening match out with Mr. Matthew Chapman. Hooray! Oh, you weren't very clear what the stood for there, Chris. You just I'm trying not to swear or use controversial words within the first sort of ten seconds of my podcast uh-huh. because I don't know whether there's some Al Gore thingy that doesn't yeah. like me because it start Facebook started like it it started deleting my posts as cyber threats. Oh God! Wow! It sent me snotty messages saying you're that I was posting cyber threats. What the? So apparently, my podcast is a cyber threat. Oh, okay, All right, dodgy. I must have pissed off somebody in Skynet somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird one, isn't it? Okay, so yeah, try not to use the swear words at the beginning of the uh, podcast. Save it to, for the end, yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah, you can, you can, you can say bugger and all that stuff now. Mm. That's probably all right. But okay. Anyway, how how, how are you? Facebook career way. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Yeah, um, I am looking forward to teaching a few seminars um, in the UK over the next few months. It's always nice to get invited to people's schools and kick and punch a bit and hold pads. And uh, yeah, it, that's always fun. Getting into that time of the month, aren't we? Where that time of the year where people are figuring out how much money they've got left to spend once they've paid it all to the tax man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's rough, isn't it? This time of the year in the UK, especially for martial arts instructors, like most instructors I know don't really um put away money for their tax so then every january it's like a shocker oh god i'm, I'm glad i'm such a fussy ass then <laughs> yeah like pay it off monthly you know start yes. get ahead of it and and start paying off the percentage and then you're left with a little bit when it comes to january but a lot of instructors don't do that well, and um yeah then they're like, like desperately Desperately selling equipment and memberships and yeah, seminars it, and <laughs> all of that to make up the money that they need to pay the HMRC. Yay! Well, my, mine went a bit screwy. I ended up paying too much. Oh! So uh, I ain't got no to pay this time around. So I'm quite enjoying it. It's quite nice. Oh, Although I'm probably, nice. I'm, pro- I'm still gonna, I'm actually gonna keep, you know, keep paying some. So it, yeah. you know, it, it keeps the keeps the pennies in there so that when the next bill big bill comes for the massively successful year that i'm gonna have it's not so much of a it is a bit of a a bit of a sucky thing for people who are self-employed like people who have a job kind of don't get this because they get taxed at source so they mm-hmm. their tax gets taken out of their pace pay which you know also sucks but for self-employed people in case you didn't know we have to pay tax in advance for the following year as well so not only paying like the last year's tax but we're also paying into the future tax yeah for the, for the when they say well you did really well so we assume you're gonna do well again yeah and then you so pay you half go. of your tax again next year yeah so that the first time that happens to you you're like what excuse me i'm paying for tax in the future as well um <laughs> but we'll give yeah. it you back if you if we don't if you don't need to say like, what the heck <laughs> yeah yeah if and it's you know always yeah. kicked down the line so 
that is not fun. So yeah, lots of instructors trying to make a bit of an extra buck at the moment um, to deal with that January hefty tax bill. Always good fun, and especially when you've forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a terrible time to do it in the year, though, isn't it? I if know. You think about it. Like post Christmas, post spending on family and friends and stuff, and then hey, here's a massive tax bill for you. Thirty days later, why not do it? You know, March and November or something. Why, do um, it, why is it? Because that would be nice. Yeah, true enough. I'm just glad I got an accountant first year. Yeah, did you straight away? Straight away. Straight away. I, I had a look at all that and I was like, nope. If I got to do this every year, I'm going to last I'm going to last about 18 months in business because there's no way my head's got space for this. It would be a full-time job just to get that sorted out each year. Like, yeah. nope. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm Not a, a big chance. Fan of, a big fan of using uh, an accountant as well. Yeah. It's uh, so there you go. That's it. That's the top tip for this Tuesday. <laughs> and see you next week. <laughs> Oh, dear. So uh, a little while back, I used Facebook properly um, rather than just posting cat videos to ask our listeners and followers what sorts of topics they would like us to talk about on Talk Bollocks Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And we had a varied response. Um, Some people writing absolute essays and some people just posting things like, Talk more about, you know, and whatever, insert generic martial arts thing. Um, so I just thought I'd pick some at random. Cool. Uh, pick two out. And the two that have been picked out randomly by the random question generator, <laughs> my finger and a mouse, <laughs> um, are, uh, we're gonna, I'm not going to mention names just in case people don't want me to, because it was in a private group, to be fair. But the first question was uh, asking, how do you prepare students for their first competitions and the the time old problem for some instructors which is how do you get your parents to actually buy sparring kit ah yeah good people question and the second one let's go one at a time let's tease let's let's keep them listening all right one at a time, Chris. Well, you, you my... worried that uh, the questions are going to ask, screw this, I'll go and listen to that car podcast instead. <laughs> well, the second question, uh, I'm sure, is pretty juicy. Um, <laughs> You've read so, my mind so well. <laughs> uh, first question is about how to prepare students for their first competition, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to go or shall I go? Well, the way that I prepared my students for their first competition is by stopping doing them because it did my head in. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I know it's a com- I know it's going to be a controversial one with a lot of instructors. We used to compete a lot, mm. um, and I didn't enjoy it. If I'm honest, it it just felt like it just felt like an extra, like an entire extra job. Um, Which it is, yeah. And it was on my one day off. Yeah, I, I just didn't want to do it, so I stopped. And what was the result for your students? Were they unhappy with that or? No. <laughs> well, a couple maybe quizzed it. Um, the, the timing of it actually was pretty good in that we'd just taken a couple of lads to a tournament and they they both did really well. They, yeah. One one is weight category, the other one came uh, second. Yeah. And it wasn't a tiny little tournament either. It was a fairly well-established one with um, a lot of fighters were there using it as warm-up for the bigger you know for the wackos and all that sort of stuff yeah and um 
they were getting into it. I could see they were like, oh, when's the next one? And I'm like, oh, I, uh, well, let's have a chat about it, you know. And and then COVID landed. <laughs> Literally the week <laughs> the week after. Literally the week after. And it sort of that put stopped everything. Yeah, good old so, COVID solved a lot of problems for a lot of people. And I get it. I know a lot of people are, you know, oh, you're a disservice to students and it's not fair. You should have your students fighting and blah, blah, blah. But it's just not, it's just not who I'm about. I, I didn't like it as a kid either. And I don't like it as an adult. The few times I've just gone along, you know, just, I just have for some reason felt like, oh, I should really do it for my students, blah, blah, blah. I just hate the whole standing around and mm. just, just, just made it. <laughs> it's not my thing at all. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I totally get that. From my perspective, when I was coach, uh, fight, you know, coaching a fight team, I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed going to the competitions and and standing around doing nothing <laughs> and, and wrapping <laughs> hands and warming people up. Uh, the nerves of my fighter fighting, I didn't enjoy. I got really nervous because I didn't want them to get hurt. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was terrible. That's worse than the nerves I used to get for myself which is a bit weird so i'd be like asleep before my fights like get up and then go and fight uh so like not much of an adrenal reaction to it but mm. um when it was my students i was like super nervous my stomach would be going my heart rate would be up sweaty palms the whole thing so i didn't like that part of it but i did actually like training the fight team and i like going to the events and chatting to other coaches so I, I liked it and I think the best way to kind of prepare your students for it is to do a very gradual build up to yeah. an event like so start with you know sparring in the club where maybe people are watching the sparring which often gets people's adrenaline up so rather than have like the whole class sparring at the same time like just get two hours at a time and have people watch them spar because it's often like the crowd that is the problem really isn't it Mm-hmm. get them used to that and then start with really small competitions where there's only yeah. like five people competing and <laughs> or even like, like interclubs as well yeah interclubs and also you could run an intra club like a, a competition yeah. within your own club um where you know it's a, a point you know system and everyone wins a medal and a trophy and goes home happy and um and you invite friends and families so you get that crowd thing but i think that the key is the graduated steps isn't it and when i was training mma fighters we never let an mma like a person go straight into a, a, a even an amateur fight without first doing like interclubs like free interclubs of usually muay thai and then free grappling competitions so they tested themselves in that environment first where it's a bit more controlled and then we let them start with amateur mma and then they'd have to do a certain number of amateur fights before obviously they could go pro so step by step baby steps what they'll probably find is a lot of people talk a good fight like they want to compete but when it Mm -hmm. really comes down to it the training commitment you know um and getting punched and kicked properly often people realize at that point they haven't got it and they have one or two and they realize yeah this is not for me so yeah graduated steps i would say yeah yeah and i mean i used to we used to do a lot of competitions and i did actually used to like it but i just don't now so Mm. i've just created an, an environment in which it's not really a thing in my school anymore like people don't really ask about it don't really 
talk about it, comment about it. It's not really a thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's that. That's fine. And I've got nothing against. Look, if I have a student that's absolutely adamant, this is what they want to do, and it's hundred percent their thing, then I point them in the direction of others that are into that and send yeah. them on the way. That's and good. that's fine. I mean, and I, I, I know that it's a lot of people aren't necessarily they're not going to agree with that approach, but that's my approach, and I'd rather be honest than. Because there's probably other people out there that feel the same, that feel a little bit pressured into having to say the what everybody else accepts, expect, sort of expects thing, and, and I'm not one for that. It's like yeah, run your you club the way you want to run your club, and yeah. you know, just to be honest about it, and don't don't claim you've got oh, 25 top fighters and stuff, and it's like well, you know. well, also in your case, you, you did it. For a long period of time. Yeah, we did so. do it for a long time, and we didn't do just you know tiny. Not that doing tiny events is bad, but we did, we did go sort of national European worlds. We did mm. travel abroad and you know put ourselves on the line, so to speak. So it's not you know. It's not, not like you've never done it, done it just, and then said I'm not doing it. It's you did it no, for a period, and just, it just didn't you know give you the reward you wanted as a coach or as a person, I guess. No, and, no, and 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 I think you know it. it I suppose it depends how you have your, your your school or your business set up. Um, yeah, running it as pretty much wearer of all hats, six days a week coaching, Sundays are my day off. And then if you've got a big competition coming up and you've got a forms team, you've got a put like continuous, you've got points, you've got you know, and they all need equal amount of time put into them. And yeah, you you your cup's only so full in it. You know, you can't. What what you know? Who, who do you start concentrating more on your competition team? It was probably. 10% of your total student base yeah, or your students that are paying the bills and you can't spread yourself too thin. So yeah, it, it just got to a point where I was thinking, Oh God, I've you now got to do this. I, I just, that's a, something I had to go. Um, yeah. And it was that. And I know like I was, my Sundays in bed. <laughs> I was uh, speaking to a, a client of mine today who yeah used to do a lot of coaching and, and fight teams and the same thing. He did it for 20 years and he was like, I just don't want to do it anymore. So now he's obviously got uh, his son to be the, the lead fight coach. Yeah. And he does it all for him. So I think it is possible to still have it within a school. Yeah, absolutely. Pass it delegate to, it. Yeah, someone who really loves it. Probably someone younger who doesn't mind dra- driving six hours up to someplace and spending the night and, you know, getting back at 5 a.m. the next day. Um makes perfect sense to them so yeah i think you can delegate it and still keep it within your school yeah absolutely i'm not saying i'm not up to the the idea again at some point it won't be me doing it yeah. <laughs> it's just that at the minute that we've not got the means to 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 commit to it properly so i don't want to half do it yeah you know uh it's do it properly i don't do it at all um yeah. and i'm not i'm not in that headspace or you know i'm not sure i wanted to do it so i'm not half doing it um yeah. Like anyway, it. yay! <laughs> how to get how to get how to get your parents to buy the pads? That was the other side of it, wasn't it? Yes. Um, um, so I'm a big fan of required equipment for certain grades. So when yeah. when kids and, and adults get to certain grades, I think they should have the required equipment. And the reason being is, you can't go to a football club and borrow boots and shin guards off no. of people. You, you can't like start a tennis club and just borrow rackets all the time eventually they want you to get your own racket that's gonna you know be for you any other sport you know you you get the equipment you can't go to swimming club and borrow a pair of shorts and a pair of goggles it's 
you you have required equipment and martial arts has quite a bit of required equipment depending on which style you're doing so i would in, put it into your grading syllabus syllabus that certain grades require certain equipment and it doesn't mean you have to sell them 300 quids worth of sparring kit for their first grade but you know first grade might be if you're doing kickboxing for example hand wraps and and, and gloves and then second grade might be focus mitts and third grade might be um, foot protectors and groin guard and you can build it up through the grades I think that's the best way so that if you want a grade you need the right equipment and there is an argument that you know people should be able to get their equipment anywhere but some of the stuff you get off of Amazon is like lethal oh, it's, yeah it's desperately bad it's like the padding's insufficient the labels are like razor blades just strapped to the back of a pad they don't last you know more than six months so i'm also a fan of you know buying your equipment from the club because one it supports the club but two we we're going to choose decent kit yeah which is going to last you longer and less likely to damage your training partners we had a, an experience at my school where someone had bought a cheap pair of gloves and thrown a punch the other person had slipped it but the label literally put a cut straight across this guy's face because it was so sharp Jesus. uh like fairly deep quite a bit of blood and that's just from crap equipment cheap equipment cheap manufacturers so yeah. at that point we were like okay you're only going to get the type of kit that we want you to have and it's safe um and occasionally you get people going yeah but i want it i can get it cheaper on amazon and you're like yes you can but it's not the same quality Mm. yeah and also why not support the club absolutely yeah i i i've kind of gone through cycles of trying all the different ways and means of getting people to get kit you always get a little bit of pushback on it although the, the way that i've settled on now we seem to get the least pushback we've ever had in that mm. when they join um when they join within their um joining package is a pair of they get the gloves so yeah. right from day one they've got the gloves and so i don't they don't get like crappy ones to try and maximize the enrollment fee we get them decent ones and we factor that into the cost yeah on the basis that they should last them um yeah and then when it comes time for them to move up to the next group where they need the whole lot it's that it's it's subtly it's on all of the timetables it's on there so they're, they're always reading it that they so then it's not a sudden surprise that hey look you know you've got to get all this so they've they've known all the way through the process and on every single uh, we have so when it, when the students grade in their grading pack i put a, a belt presentation form mm -hmm. um and the parents have to fill it fill it out and sign it to say that um the kids getting the belt and that they understand that they've got to if they've got to want to get a picture they've got to be here at that time and blah 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 so so i know that they've read it or they've at least signed to say they have <laughs> and on that form that goes out to every single student doesn't matter what grade they are it has a section for at green belt that says uh, uh are you a green belt uh, are you whatever belt yes no yes no yes no are you a green belt yes you understand that at green belt you need head guard gum shield mm. foot pads and you, you sign to say that you acknowledge that it's needed yeah and that's also part of signing it for the belt presentation so they can't not do it they can't not see it um and then nine out of ten times the weekend before they're due back all the orders come in i don't <laughs> have to say anything to them because they know 
yeah, that, okay. that scientists say that they know that it's needed. Yeah. Um, we've not had for... I can't remember the last time we had somebody turn up that went, oh, do I need these pads now? Um, okay. Because that's, it's, that's a clever way, yeah. Because it's on the form that they have to sign for the belt, for, you know, presenting the belts. And the reason yeah. we have the belt presentation forms, we had an incident once years ago where, um, so they all come in and sit down with their slips in their hand that they've got. It's yeah. like an A4, it's an A4 sheet. Um, like, like a nice little presentation form. And because we had two billies in class and it was another instructor because I wasn't there. And he went, uh, Billy, come up for your belt. The wrong Billy got up. <laughs> got his belt on, went and stood, had a picture with his parents, came back and sat down. And Billy was like, ah, why have I got this belt? I'm linking. Why has Billy got that belt? And there's another one crying on the other side of the mats. <laughs> and dad's outside, face of thunder. Why have you missed my child out? I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm really sorry I wasn't here. Can I come and check what's happened? And it just been given to the wrong one. I thought, oh, my God. And I'm like, yeah, to be fair, this instructor's never worked with these kids before, so he's just read the name out, not realising there's two of them in the class. Yeah. And given it to the wrong one. So I was like, how are we going to do this? Right, they all have a slip that they have to bring with them on the day, so we know that they definitely need a belt. No yeah. form, no belts. Very simple process. And so I thought, well, what can I work into that? I can also work into the kit requirements into each one so that they all, they've all read it. Um, and that's worked well. It's probably a little bit faffy for some people, but... It's meant we've had a lot less awkward conversations. We've not had kids and adults as well turning up with things missing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's that's a that's a clever solution, dude. I like it. Put a QR code and a link on the letter. Do you need kit? Right. Scan this code. Brings up the shop. Well, having an online shop, I think, definitely helps because the issue is often people realise, oh, I need a new, I need a sparring kit for the grading at the weekend. I don't have it, and it's like a Thursday or something. Uh, the school's closed and they can't get it. But if they could go onto your online shop, order it, it's like if you've got it in stock, you can have it there ready for them for the grading yeah. um, or you can get it for them if, if they need it for the grading. Too sweet. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a good idea. Uh, definitely um, that like intent to promote slip and having an online shop massively increases the uh, amount of equipment you sell. Yeah, and we. But also, we just, like one simple way of solving all of this is you don't spar if you don't have the equipment. Yeah, like we're forgetting that. Like you can't let kids spar and punch each other in the head, <laughs> which you probably shouldn't be doing anyway, without uh, gloves, gum, shield, head guard. So, the one of the best ways to encourage hint, hint, um, parents to get it is to have their kids sit out and watch the sparring while everyone mm. else has got the kit is sparring because it's not safe. Yeah, and you'll always get it occasionally. It, it still does pop up, but I've just found it's less so now these days than yeah than the days where I used to just assume, well, everybody knows that they need them, so surely they're not going to not. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, no, nobody told me. It's like, yeah, well, you get everybody gets told every grade, regardless of what grade they are. Even 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 when they've got past that level now, they're still on the same form, so they still have to read it. And what yeah. happens? It's really cool. Is some of the the kids who've been the parents have been coming for longer. They sort of nudge to the way. Hey, Tracy, you know you got to get your Billy then pads next time, don't you? You what? How much are they? Oh my god! It's like, yep. <laughs> So they do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. It's good. amazing, though, isn't it? How much parents will kick off about safety gear, yet they'll spend 140 quid on football boots like that. It's like, oh. what the heck? Yeah, it's madness. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly this right. Is, this is kit to keep them safe. 
you know. Yeah. And, and the amount of money I've spent on leotards for my daughter at gymnastics, holy hell. Are they expensive, are they? Oh, are they expensive? Good Lord. Oh, right, okay. Yes. <laughs> you could get a really good sparring set, a really good kit, a sparring kit for the same price. One leotard, yeah. One okay. Elastic. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's nuts. It's nuts. Um, I think we covered that off, haven't we, pretty well? Oh, well, they'll let us know if we haven't. They probably will, to be fair. Mm. Um, or that, or they'll just moan about it. Um, so, the right, here we go. There we go. So, this is the other question. I'm going to read it exactly as it was pre- presented on the group. So, this person asks, why are so many instructors in such bad physical shape, and does it matter? <laughs> Over to you. Oh, you're throwing Steps me under away the bus. From microphone. Yeah, you're throwing me under the bus first, are you? <laughs> okay. Oh. Yes. This this is an interesting one, isn't it? And up so I used to up until about two or three years ago be like, yeah, I get it. Why are instructors out of shape? It's not how it should be. You know, we're meant to be uh, demonstrating discipline and self-control and exercising and working out hard uh, to keep ourselves in in decent condition. So that's where I used to be. I was like, yeah, if you're a martial arts instructor, you should be in decent shape and be an example of the benefits of martial arts physically. So, yes. But then um, I had an issue with my back. So I've got like a cyst on part of my uh, spine in a very precarious position that causes uh, a lot of back pain a lot of sciatica and a lot of kind of weakness and numbness in my legs so that's only happened in the last few years and there's not really a lot they can do about it which means I can't like work out at the intensity that I used to work out uh, like doing you know five to ten rounds on the tie pads just inflames it irritates it and I'm in pain for weeks afterwards so I think I think as you age and the injuries accumulate and the problems accumulate and the body kind of breaks down a little bit naturally or just as a result of decades of training, I'm kind of now a bit more like cutting some slack. Like most people are probably doing as best as they can. Um, I'm not in as great shape as I was when I was 35 and now I'm 48 um, but I'm still in pretty good shape um, can still do most of what I was doing before but this is definitely like affected and there's literally not a lot they can do about it so it's not like they can fix it and I can spring back and get back on the tie pads it's mm-hmm. it's just how it is uh, and speaking to a lot of older martial artists you know they've they all got usually some quite serious injuries and some problems that af- affect their training so up until yeah about three years ago i was like come on guys put down the cakes start start training a bit harder um (laughs) um you know jaddy tension yeah yeah he says like uh a lot of instructors are sweating cake mix so (laughs) (laughs) i really like that and he's he's a, a slightly older martial artist and he's in fantastic shape so yeah i was like yeah you've got got to really be an example but I think maybe as you approach 50 60 70 I'm not sure it's necessary to be in super ripped tip-top shape I think your 
gift and your value is more in the quality of your coaching, your personal relationships with your students, um, your desire to help and less on being like a a super beast. But yeah, so that's that's my take on it. It has changed. I just think it's no one's business, is it really? It's like, I don't know. I I just think it's to each their own. Like I... I'm I'm not a I'm not like a fitness freak or like a um, fanatic. I'm not you know I know some people are in infinitely better shape than I am, but I like to set a standard and and make sure that I'm you know I, I'm competitive in that sense. I guess I like to be you know to look within my own school and like there'll be a lineup of fourteen and fifteen year olds and I'll I'll try and beat them to the kick or I'll try and mm. you know. But ten burpees, I'll try and beat them. I'll, I just, it's just how I am. Yeah. Um. But it, it, it's this last eighteen months has been a, been a struggle. Um. So the knock on on that is my weight's fluctuated. Um. As has my mental health in that respect because the two go together absolutely hundred percent. Mm. And I've been to some, I've been to some clubs, and some schools before run by people you look at them and they look like gods and their schools are struggling and i've right. been to some schools before where i've seen i've instructors that people might pigeonhole as being out of shape that have got hundreds of students and top class fighters and mm. and it's like do you know it's like ultimately it's you as an individual isn't it and different people are attracted to different schools for different reasons from personalities and you know it, it it just really depends on it i suppose it depends on whether you care if anybody else thinks a certain thing as well if you're not bothered then you know, it, it's, I, it doesn't fuss me i don't look and go they're out of shape what they shouldn't be doing it they're this they shouldn't be, i don't care it's do what think- they're doing doesn't bother me it's nothing to do with me it's no do you think it's partially style dependent as well because if you're in uh, like I don't know. A, like kickboxing thai boxing mma you know where there's a lot of competitive athletes then um you'd you'd Im- imagine the instructor to be you know in in good shape and, and slimmer whereas if you're in traditional like tai chi maybe or Wing Chun, maybe where it's not necessary to be quite so athletic to make the system work. Is it as important? I don't know. I just think it's. I, I don't. It's such a multifaceted answer question and answer <laughs> thing. There's so many layers to it. Um, and I, the way I, I just try and look at it is, I don't get it. it it's not me. It, I'm. I like being how I am, and they like how they are. And there are some much. You know, bigger instructors physically, if we say larger instructors than I am, doing infinitely better with their businesses and schools than I am. So they must be doing something right. Otherwise, they wouldn't have schools all over the place. And, you know, they're, they're obviously incredibly talented at developing high quality students and good leaders. And so who was anybody to question what they're doing if, if it's really working? Um, I think it doesn't of, seem to be affecting anybody wanting to turn up or be part no. of their. So, and maybe they have some serious underlying issue. Maybe it's thyroid issues or, you know, hip and back or knees or whatever. I I, I don't know. I mean, 
there's there's so many things. And what do, do they have to wear a t-shirt explaining what their ailment is as to why they're overweight? It's yeah, a pass yeah. to be an instructor. It feels like it's like that sometimes, especially with social media. Yeah. But you, I mean, look at gymna- look at gymnastics. You've got these top level teenage girls at the Olympics, often coached by balding old fat blokes. yeah but there's been a lot of controversy in gymnastics hasn't they with like the bolding old fat blokes like weighing people and measuring them and telling them that they're they're oh yeah without a doubt there's a lot of that negativity associated with that but they've still taught them to do a round off back double triple whatever and land it without snapping it off Um, (laughs) so they're obviously able to communicate the skill set effectively you know um yeah, is that is that so dis different? Dis, you know, it's not that different from what we're doing, really, is it? It's movement at the end of the day. So, um, I it mean, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, it's because people that want to get enraged by it will, and yeah. people like me that aren't fussed will be not fussed. I mean, it's just I like being how I am, and they like being how they are, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It's if they don't like me and I don't like them, that doesn't matter either. It's because it doesn't it doesn't affect either of us and either of our schools. It's you know it, it's there are arguments on both sides that are completely valid. I think. Yeah. And um, no one's right, no one's wrong. That's Peace, love, very... and harmony. <laughs> yeah, that's a very PC answer. Let's all eat cake. <laughs> Let's all eat cake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, what it comes down to is how you present yourself. If you're clearly if you clearly to to the naked eye present as unhealthy and then you're putting yourself out there by saying look how healthy i am and look how excellent i am then Mm. people are going to go idiot whereas if you're not doing that then what what you know what's it matter what is it that all of a sudden martial arts is suddenly not effective given you know if you have a limb missing or if you're slightly overweight or if you're blind or Mm. you know it it shouldn't be you shouldn't be looked at as having to be fit a certain shape in order to be, you know, deemed to be effective or if, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, true. like that, but the butter bean bloke in boxing, do you remember the guy that was the big guy that was going around yeah, smashing yeah. everybody? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that in MMA. Like, you know, people like Daniel Cormier, who was like heavyweight yeah. champion and like heavyweight champion, you know, he's Tyson Fury. He's, yeah. Yeah. True. It's you know, do we have to all fit a certain mold? I don't think so. I think it's yeah. Depends how you come at it really. You can spend all day talking about it, couldn't you, to be fair? It's an interesting one. The listeners can let us know what they what they think, um and and see what the response is. All the PTs are literally throwing Mars bars up the screens at the minimum. I'm like, <laughs> Shut up, what are you doing? <laughs> well, probably protein shake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. But um, yeah, oh, well, there were there were two very different, differing. There's loads more. I've got a whole pot I can dip into here of these ones. But if yeah. anybody's ever got anything that they think they want us to chat about, other than bloody award shows, everybody's always like, mm, talk about martial arts award shows. No. Oh well, uh, what what's what's that about? Oh well, people always want us to talk about martial arts award shows. You know, when they get these different you know, different events that do like martial arts awards for. Things. Oh. I, I don't go. To women. I've done a couple before a very long time ago, but I don't really do them, so I don't. People just want to talk me to talk about it, and I'm like, why? Because it's just going to annoy people. Oh, if people want to like, go and this... do it, then let them do it. 
is this a i'm not aware of any of this is this a controversial thing is it well it's like they have these different hall of fame awards right and, okay and they pop up all over the place and different people are doing them and you know right. and it's like well, just let just let them do it whatever it's just whatever <laughs> you know what i mean i'm so indifferent it's not for me i don't go so you know what i mean but well, they are so leave them to it they could yeah. be out doing something worse, couldn't they? I mean, so we've covered it off now. Martial arts is is one of the uh, bitchiest, most backstabby industries I think there is. It's in every industry, but it's it's so disjointed, isn't it? And everyone yeah. is bickering about stupid stuff and um, slagging each other off and moaning about this, that, and the other, and criticizing people. And it, I'm like why why bother like just focus on what you're doing and excel at what you're doing absolutely we're fixing the world today aren't we oh, it's good isn't it martial artists out there don't be a knob <laughs> it's, it's the basic rule of life right that's it that's it so yeah so anyway i think we're getting close to time but um have you got anything going on that you want to tell us about um other than my seminar circuit which oh yeah you're I'm not do, actually you, doing a seminar circuit. What am I talking about? I'm doing no, twice. no, no. <laughs> You're doing the the different. You've got all the seminar dates booked, haven't you? Throughout throughout the year, and people yeah. come. I'm I'm doing it for you, and cool. people can what? pick the different things that they like and book on for them, can't they? Yeah. So it's like once a month, different theme of pad holding, pad feeding um, for twelve months. Thought it'd be a bit fun to do, um, and yeah, we're doing. It's in London at Legacy Martial Arts, uh, London, and yeah, I'm just gonna teach different pad systems one seminar a month so i'm looking forward to that because i've got some cool people coming down to to check it out and try it out um and i just want to get back into teaching a little bit more but not like full-time and, and committed yeah you're working your something... way up to it though aren't you <laughs> yeah 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 next month it'll be i'm, I'm reopening a school right let's go it's just thumbing through the classifier let's have a look here you need to let um which is something we can actually chat about maybe uh, sometime is like the effect of being a martial arts instructor on um your family your social life it's, <laughs> it's a big problem isn't it yep <laughs> so oh that's, yeah that's a good topic absolutely let's do that one next week then we right. booked it Sort in sorted i was actually tell you what i was using some of your trigger drills tonight in my black belt class oh nice yeah i like there trigger you drills. Go. yeah so uh, do i that course doesn't sell very well and um, maybe because i'm not doing a very good job of explaining what a trigger drill is i don't think people get it but uh, the idea that you've got like an automated reaction based yeah. on you know what the opponent does um <laughs> But yeah, it doesn't sell well. But it's one of the favourite courses I've ever created. So, how funny, isn't it? Yeah, I hmm. was yeah I was doing it using a lead pad in a whichever position, and boof, yeah, it was good, good, wicked. Thanks, dude. Yeah. So there you go. Awesome, right? Well, I think we better let everybody get back to the the, the day. We've interrupted get back to it their enough. Cakes. Get back. To... <laughs> cakes and star jumps, people. Cakes and star jumps. Is that the name of the episode? Have I just yeah. named the episode? Cakes and star jumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well right thanks thanks as always dude and we'll catch you up next week cheers dude have a good one bye mate brought to you by martialytics easy to use super powerful management software for your martial arts school